0: Welcome to another installment of CBN's Power for Life teaching series. This inspiring message is our gift of appreciation to faithful partners like you, who are making an eternal difference in the lives of men, women, and children here at home and around the world. Together, we're demonstrating God's love and proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Thank you again for your steadfast support through Pledge Express. We hope you enjoy the message. Lord God, we just come before you and let... Praise ever be on our lips. Enable us to love you, Lord God, with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, everything that is within us, Lord God. Let us give praise to your name, for we ask it in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. What started very, very small with a tiny UHF station in Portsmouth, Virginia, back on October 1, 1961, has grown into something absolutely incredible. But it's always good to, to turn back and remember. Because sometimes when you're in the middle of the battle, you don't realize how far God's already taken you. And you can get discouraged, right? And you are going. Can anything get bad? (laughs) And you go, well, wait a minute. We've been through the storm before. God has seen us through before. He will see us through again. He remains faithful, which is wonderful. If you ever get to that point where you're faithless, keep this in mind. He remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. And he wants to do wonderful things for you. That's good news. That's good news? That's good news. Yeah, I like that news. It's wonderful. It's in his nature. He can't deny himself. You see a problem, guess who he wants to fix it? This will change you. This will change you. So often in the Christian world, we view God as our messenger boy. You ever pray that way? God, won't you do something? God's our messenger boy. And the curious thing is he's up in heaven looking at us and going, well, what about you? What about you? Now, that question that Isaiah heard in the heavenlies, who will go for us? Who will go for us? Who will go for us? That is still an eternal question. Who will go for us? Who will we send? You now, that's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit getting together, going, got a question. who's going to go for us?" And Isaiah says, "Here am I, send me." That needs to be a core in our gospel that Jesus sends. Jesus sends. Mark six: He called the twelve to himself and began to send. In this wild? Isn't this absolutely crazy? They didn't go to Bible school. (laughs) Completely uneducated. Galilean fishermen. He calls them and he sends them. Same verse. You don't have to wait. I love what a pastor friend of mine in Manila told me. He said, Gordon, all you got to do is stay a chapter ahead. That really stuck with me. It's like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah? You want to lead a Bible study? They a chapter ahead. All you got to do, it's real easy. Can you read a chapter ahead? If you've got that chapter, you've got one more whole chapter than the person you're talking to. And we've got to convince that we need a doctorate in theology. We need to have memorized systematic theology. We need to have it right, all that kind of thing. Jesus calls the twelve and began to send them out two by two, Mark 6, 7, and gave them power. Wow. Gives you power from the get-go. From the get-go. This was really hard for me to realize that you already have what you're asking for. You just don't believe it. It took me a long time. It took me a couple of years. And it's still taking me time to realize what I'm asking for, I already have. And it's not a bad prayer to say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. It's certainly not a bad prayer to say, I need to exercise the gifts. Can I get the gifts? But in that You're ignoring some things that Paul has clearly said. He has given us everything pertaining to godliness. And I finally had to realize all of those prayers were somehow an accusation that God was stingy. And God's not stingy. He is gracious. His mercy endures forever. His gifts are overwhelming. And all we have to do is open them. And sometimes it has to do with other experiences other people have where we're, we're asking God to imitate that. And in that, you're denying his creativity. And he wants to tailor everything specifically to you. And he wants you to be unique and different. And so you read in the Bible, well... Can the angel come down and hand me the golden scroll? And I really want to taste and and see that it really does taste like honey. And at the end of that, I'll be enabled for ministry. But you're ignoring Mark 6, 7, where if you're called by Jesus to himself and you've had that revelation that he is the Messiah, you have everything you need. You want Jesus to add angels to that? Golden scrolls, visits to heaven. Anyway, break through all of that. Break through to the point where you realize everything you need for the ministry he has assigned you to do, you already have. You just haven't discovered it yet. You haven't gotten to the point where you actually believe what he's already written in the Bible. So spend your time there, working on your own unbelief, Instead of shifting the blame somehow to God, that it's his fault because he's that stingy old God that wants to hold back from you. And please don't get caught in this trap that somehow or other you've sinned too much that you can't, or you don't believe enough that you can't. Let Jesus be your forgiveness. Let Jesus be your faith. Let Jesus be your power. Let Jesus be your all in all. You have that. You have everything you need. All right. Next one, Matthew 10. Now, when he called his disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. This is Matthew chapter 10. This isn't Acts chapter 2. Isn't that amazing? This is before the crucifixion. Wow. 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 He gives it to him before all of that. I just find that amazing. And he wants to give it to you. When he sends, he says specifically, don't go to Gentiles, don't go to Samaritans. This is Matthew 10 verses 5 through 7. Go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, and as you go preach, say, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. whole lot of doctrine here, and I just want to reinforce, when Jesus calls you and then sends you, more likely than not, he's doing it to the people right near you. They're lost sheep right here in Tidewater. Yes, the goal for CBN is to preach the gospel to every language, every tribe, every tongue. We're going to do that. But we need to realize there's some lost sheep right here in our backyard. And what do we have to say to them? And we need to say to them, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's not some faraway time, faraway place. It's right here. When God's kingdom comes, it means his dominion is being established. His will is being done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, when we get that straight, we start thinking, is there anybody poor in heaven? And the answer is no. Is there anybody sick in heaven? The answer is no. Anybody unable to graduate from high school in heaven? Unthinkable. Absolutely unthinkable. Start thinking how God wants to have his will established here. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, that's our message, and that's what we are to bring. Luke 10, if you get caught up in Matthew, it's just for the disciples, the 12, think again. In 10, he does the same thing. He calls 70 and sends them. As soon as he does it, as soon as they're appointed, he sends them two by two. And then the other key, into every city and place, Where he himself was about to go. When you're sent by God, who's going with you? God. God. And he's not just going to go with you, he's there in advance of you. Which is also way cool that he goes with you, he's ahead of you, he's behind you. He's got you covered. This needs to be added into whatever prayer we're going to do for America to make sure that we're praying for laborers for the harvest. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Luke 10, 2. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. This was my message for the Philippines back in 1994, that God was calling them to be a missionary-sending nation. There's a lot to the Greek behind this, but the better translation... Therefore, beg the Lord of the harvest to drive out laborers into his harvest. Beg God to do this. This is one of the only commanded prayers by Jesus. The other one is pray that you're not pregnant. When you see the armies encamped around Jerusalem, pray you're not pregnant so that you can get out of there. Two prayers. Lord's prayer is a suggested prayer, but when he commands a prayer, therefore beg God to send out laborers into his harvest. That needs to be a focus in every Christian's prayer life. Drive them out, compel them to go, compel them by love to do it. Now, this is John 20. This is after the resurrection, just to give you the context. Matthew 10, Luke 10. Obviously, before the crucifixion. This is after. Now, when times get tight for Christians, what do we do? We hide. All right? Do you have that happening in America today? Are we ashamed of the gospel? Sort of. Okay? We feel comfortable about it in certain situations, certain environments. It's okay to share But boy, it's taken off like wildfire in America where it's just not cool anymore to share the gospel, right? And we've somehow become convinced that perhaps it's unconstitutional, right? That if you have a public prayer, police are going to come and arrest you. Or the ACLU is going to file a suit. These things have taken hold. I've been in restricted access countries, and I know what it's like to be in a place where literally you can go to jail, or a mob can attack you because you're sharing the gospel. Please don't ever think that's the good old U.S. of A., where we have it enshrined in our Bill of Rights that we have freedom of religion. Please don't let that get translated somehow that it means you have freedom of worship. Because freedom of religion and freedom of worship are two different things. Worship means that you get to go to church. Freedom of religion means I get to observe everything written in the Bible and commanded for Christians to do. And one of the things commanded for me is to go and preach the gospel. You're a creature. I'm a preacher. I'm supposed to share the hope within me. And if somehow we get convinced that we're not free to do that, or somehow it's going to be uncomfortable for the other person, or somehow or other it's going to be uncomfortable for us, please leave that behind. For the early disciples, they actually had a legal system that threatened them with death. And they said in the face of that, this is Acts chapter 4, In the face of that, we have to obey God rather than men, all right? But this is after the crucifixion, and just sort of imagine you had just seen Jesus nailed to a cross and hung up for everybody to see outside the city of Jerusalem. Imagine if you'd gone through that, you're not exactly going to be excited about sharing the good news that the Messiah is here because he just died, so, here they were, shut up in a room, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and said, Peace be with you. A lot to this there's probably a whole sermon on the giving of peace. And it's not as the world gives, but it's only the peace he can give. And it's the peace that passes all understanding, where you can be in the middle of what is obviously a very turbulent time, and have peace, and have the assurance that he's with you. He will come, he'll show you his hands and his side, and he'll make you glad. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord, so Jesus said to them again, Peace to you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. This is for the church. This is for every believer, every disciple for all time. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And may the love of God compel us that we would go and we would not give up, but we would have the courage that it takes to take on the toughest areas and say the kingdom of God has come near you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Please forgive. (laughs) With everything that is within me, please forgive. Please set people free in that process. Set yourself free. Please forgive the incredible power he's given to his disciples. Not only to cast out demons, not only to heal the sick, but he's given us the power and authority to forgive. Wonderful power. Wonderful power. And again, the signature of all of these teachings, that this is how God is glorified. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit So you will be my disciples. Looking at America today, there's much to be dismayed about. There's much to be troubled about. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to go and bear fruit. And we need some mercy. (laughs) And we need God to intervene. Now, don't send him as the messenger boy. Say, can you come? Can you intervene through me? Can I be salt? Can I be light? Can I transform our culture? Because what we're reaping in the political realm is just a symptom, if you will, of what's going on in our neighborhoods and our cities and our homes. It's just a symptom. To change that, we have to change everything else. We've gotten it wrong. We've gotten it so that somehow or other we become a political force as opposed to a heavenly force. We're supposed to preach the kingdom and go to the very hard places to do it. So, if you want to see racial reconciliation in America, what do we do? We go and preach the gospel. We declare to them the kingdom of God. We do that in very tangible ways. We do it in very spiritual ways. We exercise the authority given to us. If we want to see change in the political realm, what do we do? We preach the gospel. That's what we do. That's what we do. And in that process, we need to bring Jesus back. We need to make him front and center in all that we do. Then we'll see change. Then we'll see change. Amen? Let's ask for it. Lord, we come together and we come in agreement. And we ask that you would change our hearts. And that the light of your word would be illuminated in our hearts, that we would see opportunity where others see problems. We would see opportunity for your gospel to be proclaimed. So, Lord, here we are. Send us. Let us be the instruments of your peace, the instruments of your healing, the instruments of your deliverance, the instruments of your salvation and give us the boldness to preach your gospel and stretch forth your hand to do signs and wonders that people may know you are the living God. Do it, Lord, so that your name would be glorified in all the earth. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I pray that this teaching draws you into a deeper relationship with Christ. Remember, if you ever need someone to agree with you in prayer, any time, day or night, simply contact us at our toll-free number at 1-800-759-0700. We're here for you 24 hours a day. That number again is 1-800-759-0700. On behalf of the entire CBN family, may God abundantly bless you.